It's great to be back doing the Bible videos again after a couple of weeks of break because of COVID. <laughs> so we're up to 2 Chronicles chapter 10. Rehoboam went to Shechem, for all Israel had come to Shechem to make him the king. When Jeroboam the son of Nebat heard of it, for he was in Egypt, where he had fled from the presence of King Solomon, Jeroboam returned out of Egypt. They sent and called him, and Jeroboam and all Israel came, and they spoke to Rehoboam, saying, Your father made our yoke grievous. Now therefore make the grievous service of your father and his heavy yoke which he put on us lighter, and we will serve you. He said to them, Come again to me after three days. So the people departed. King Rehoboam took counsel with the old men who had stood before Solomon his father while he yet lived, saying, What counsel do you give me about how to answer these people? They spoke to him, saying, If you are kind to these people, please them and speak good words to them, then they will be your servants forever. But he abandoned the counsel of the old men which they had given him, and he took counsel with the young men who had grown up with him, who stood before him. He said to them, what counsel do you give that we may give an answer to these people who have spoken to me, saying, Make the yoke that your father put on us lighter. The young men who had grown up with him spoke to him, saying, Thus you shall tell the people who spoke to you, saying, Your father made our yoke heavy, but make it lighter on us. Thus you shall say to them, My little finger is thicker than my father's waist. Now, whereas my father burdened you with a heavy yoke, I will add to your yoke. My father chastised you with whips, but I will chastise you with scorpions. So Jeroboam and all the people came to Rehoboam the third day, as the king asked, saying, Come to me again the third day. The king answered them roughly, and King Rehoboam abandoned the counsel of the old men and spoke to them after the counsel of the young men, saying, My father made your yoke heavy, but I will add to it. My father chastised you with whips, but I will chastise you with scorpions. So the king didn't listen to the people, for it was brought about by God that Yahweh might establish his word, which he spoke by Ahiah the Shilonite to Jeroboam the son of Nebat. When all Israel saw that the king didn't listen to them, the people answered the king, saying, What portion do we have in David? We don't have an inheritance in the son of Jesse. Every man to your tents. Israel, now see to your own house, David. So all Israel departed to their tents. But as for the children of Israel who lived in the cities of Judah, Rehoboam reigned over them. Then King Rehoboam sent Hadoram, who was over the men subject to forced labor, and the children of Israel stoned him to death with stones. King Rehoboam hurried to get himself up to his chariot to flee to Jerusalem. So Israel rebelled against David's house to this day. And so that to this day, of course, was the day that that was written, which was a long time ago. <laughs> so this is the story of the first chapter of King Rehoboam, Solomon's son. We've been going through the Chronicles and um, we've been following, you know, David and Solomon right up to this point. And now we've passed all the kings that occupy big amounts of space. So we're now about to start going through all the kings one by one by one. Now we did this before, you'll remember, in the book of Kings, but now we're doing it with a difference. Now we're only following the kings of Judah. And um, so this is the point where the nation is gonna split into two groups, 
Jeroboam will be, will be the king in the north, but we're not going to follow him anymore. We're only going to follow Rehoboam and then all the, the following kings of Judah in this chapter. So this chapter is basically uh, a shortened, summarized version of the events that happened as to why the nation split into these two groups. So Solomon had been you know, the king for full 40 years, ruling over a vast wealthy area of an empire, including the, ten, the 12 tribes and lots of other land. And it said that he ruled with wisdom. <laughs> now, any, any you know, ruling, any political governing or any administration over you know, territories, empires, countries requires a certain amount of tact. And even if you're a bad leader, you know, in history there have been some bad leaders, but that even they require a certain amount of thought to keep people, you know, uh, occupied, happy. Even in recent times, we saw the, the terrible terrorist group ISIS, when they took control over Syria, even they set up a healthcare system. So, you know, even groups that we would think are not that good, they still have to have some level of thought that goes into how to run a country. So wisdom, you know, was, was clearly a big part of Solomon's reign and Solomon maintained a great nation and a great empire for 40 years through wisdom. And what we've got here is his son who manages to wreck it in three days. <laughs> it's not really funny. But if you think about it, his lack of wisdom, it's a real contrast. You're comparing the wisdom of Solomon, which we've been talking about for all these chapters leading up, and now here, a lack of wisdom. Here's a guy that refuses to listen to the advice of the old men and only listen to the, vi the advice of the young men that he grew up with. This is a complete disregard of wisdom, and he manages, with this lack of wisdom, to destroy the wonderful thing that he had going in three days. <laughs> you got a visual example right here of the entire book of Proverbs in one story. Now, that whole book of Proverbs that goes on about how wisdom is so wonderful. With wisdom, nations will be built. With wisdom preserves your house, but the fool tears down his house. Well, you got a an actual story that illustrates it right here. So now Solomon has just died. He was probably 54 when he died. So we think he was quite old, but it says that he ruled for 40 years. And I'm just running through all the things I remembered reading about his age, but he ruled for 40 years. The Bible doesn't tell us how old he was and when he became the king. It just says he was a child. Josephus, the historian, tells us that he was 14 when he became the king. So if he ruled for 40 years, like the Bible says, and he was 14 when he became the king, then he was 54 when he died. And, now this is where it gets interesting, <laughs> Rehoboam that we've just been reading about, it says here that he was 41 years old when he became king. So do some maths. If Solomon was 54 when he died, and his son Rehoboam became the king at the age of 41. How old was Solomon when his son was born? <laughs> 13. So Solomon was a father at the age of 13. Now, does that shock you or what? Well, I tell you what, it shocked me <laughs> when I did the maths, you know, last week and I was working this all out. And then I had a thought. 13 is the age at which, um, in the Jewish mind, a young man is considered an adult. So it's the age when I guess technically he could become a father and it would be okay. And interestingly, in, when Solomon was first king, 
Um, he didn't. Um, he didn't start building the temple for a couple of years. In fact, it seemed like he didn't do much for the first few years. And I proposed on these videos that there was a three-year overlap where David and Solomon were both king at the same time, called a co-regency. And um, so I think, this is how I think it, this is, it went. I think that David was getting old, that he realized he needed to, to pick one of his sons to be king. He put Solomon on the throne at the, when Solomon was 11. But David was still the king for three years, but Solomon was still kind of like the king. And so um, for three years, they are kind of like king together. That's called co-regency. When Solomon turned 13 and he became an actual man, you know, technically, he um, was given a wife and he had this son, Rehoboam. And then one year later, his father David dies and Solomon becomes the king proper in his own right. And that's where we get the story in the Bible where Solomon goes to prayer and says, Lord, I'm just a child, help me run this nation. And that makes so much sense, a prayer like that, if you're just 14. So here's a guy who's so wise, but he knew he needed help. He knew he needed wisdom. He was only 14 after all, cried out to God, God helped him. He rules for 40 years, trusting in the Lord. Now he did some crazy things too, but he dies at 54 and his son becomes king at 41 years of age. Now here's a guy who's not a child. He's, he knows the story of his father. He knows his father was wise and yet he disregards the advice of all the, the men that had been Solomon's advisors and he only listens to young, young people. He throws the wisdom away and destroys the kingdom. So what do we learn from that? <laughs> I think we can learn a few things. We can learn that we, um, we need to cast ourselves onto the Lord, no matter how old we are, whether we're 14 or 41, we need to cast ourselves onto the Lord and say, Lord, I need wisdom. And in James 1.5, it says, if anyone lacks wisdom, ask. The only problem is the people who lack wisdom often don't know they lack wisdom. And the people who are wise often realize they need more wisdom. So I would ask, ask the Lord for wisdom. And you may not be a child, but say to the Lord, I'm just a child, give me wisdom. And, um, but the other thing we learn is that sometimes people who grow up with everything, they grow up with a sense of entitlement. And so we've got here Rehoboam, he's, he's effectively the son of a billionaire. And we've, we've seen this in the world around us, where sometimes children that grow up in the home of billionaires, wealthy, wealthy people, unless their parents are proactive and being very careful about how to raise them, these kids can turn out like spoiled brats. And, you know, example that comes to mind is, you know, well, an example comes to mind, I'm not gonna mention it. <laughs> but I can think of a good example, and this is the billionaire Warren Buffett, who, who limited the amount of money he was gonna give to his children. He said to them, I'm not gonna be passing on my billions to you. And he's going to, he instead is going to give it away to charity, give it all away. But he did give them a little bit. And when they were children, he didn't even tell them that he was a billionaire. He told them all he was a security, he was in security. He was actually a security analyst with stocks and shares, but they thought he was a security guard. <laughs> so he was so wise because even though he had a lot of resources, he protected his children from an entitlement mentality. Solomon, though he was so wise, his son seems to have grown up with an entitlement mentality, thinking whatever he wanted, he could get it. And he decides he's gonna make the people of Israel work even harder, and as a result, loses it. So you and I, we have to guard ourselves against these things too. Guard ourselves against foolishness and lack of wisdom. 
We have to guard ourselves from just expecting that any whole thing we want, we deserve, because we know what, we don't deserve it. Everything we have is a gift of grace, comes from the Lord who loves us, but not because we deserve it. And that type of attitude is what will cause us to lose it all. So Heavenly Father, we thank you for this chapter of the Bible. Protect us, Lord, from pride. Protect us, Lord, from foolishness and from having an entitlement mentality. Lord, I ask that you would give to us wisdom as Solomon had. And uh, Lord, let us find grace to serve you. In Jesus' name, amen.